Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Dwell. My name's Nick. I am pastor here. And this morning, I have the privilege of introducing our speaker, who has been my roommate for six years almost. Uh, <laughs> she is my wife, and uh, I'm really looking forward to her speaking this morning because she constantly speaks into my life and encourages me and inspires me and pushes me to be a better person. So you guys are in for a treat this morning as she comes and shares. So would you welcome Sarah up? Good morning. So, <laughs> yes, love it. So I'm excited to kick off our new series this morning called The God Who Speaks. We believe that we have a God who speaks and who longs to be in communication with us. So over the next few weeks, we'll be talking through some of the most common ways God is speaking to us through the word, through community, and through situations. But before we jump into those later this month, I want to speak to you today on recognizing the voice of God. Because if we don't recognize the voice of God, then there's really not much point in knowing the ways he speaks to us because we're going to miss it. So to obey God's voice, you need to hear his voice. To hear God's voice, you need to recognize his voice. And there's one particular person in scripture we see who exemplifies that concept, and his name is Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, that's where we're going to jump into Samuel's story today. It'll be up on the screen if you want to follow along, or you can turn there in your Bibles. Verse 1, it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then Lord, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me? Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as the other time, Samuel! Samuel, and Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for the privilege and honor to share with my church family today. I pray that as I speak, my words would only be your words, that you would open our hearts and open our ears to hear from you, to recognize your voice and what it is you're trying to say to us today. Be with us during this gathering and be with us as we leave. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to spend a bit of time unpacking that passage today, but first I want to give you a little bit of context into Samuel's story. Samuel's mother, Hannah, was actually barren, so she prayed for a son, and she promised the Lord, she vowed to him that if he had, would give her a son, that he, she would give him to the Lord, service to the Lord, and she would dedicate his life to that. So God performed a miracle and gave Hannah a son, when Samuel was a child, Hannah fulfilled that promise by 
giving him over to a high priest named Eli to live with him and to learn the service of the tabernacle. So while there, Samuel essentially learned the functioning of the tabernacle, like how the offerings and sacrifices worked and found himself to be in a position with more responsibility and opportunity in the Lord. And that's where we now see that the Lord would further engage in the life of Samuel, equipping him for a great service that would one day benefit the entire nation of Israel. So for now, though, we come to Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3. He's laying down, probably in his PJs, just a normal night, until Samuel hears someone call his name. And naturally, since Samuel's job was essentially to be at the beck and call of Eli, he got up and responded to what he thought was Eli shouting his name. Eli was probably, you know, woken up and confused and told him to go back to sleep. So Samuel probably also feeling confused because he knows he definitely heard something, makes his way back to his room, but then he hears it a second time. So, like, maybe by now he's thinking, like, is this old man senile? Is he, like, talking in his sleep? But he goes back, and Eli tells him to go to sleep again. And Eli, at this point, is probably also a little annoyed that, you know, he's been woken up twice. But Samuel really had no idea what was going on. And in verse 7 it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Samuel didn't recognize where the voice was coming from because no one had ever instructed him on how to recognize the voice of God. He was instructed on in how to do his duties, but Israel had lost sight of what the duties were all about in the first place. Maybe you've been taught and instructed how to read your Bible and how to pray, but you've done it more as a duty and not really as a means for drawing near to God. Samuel learned to recognize the voice of God, and it forever changed the course of his life. And in the same way, God wants to reveal to you and for your life to be forever changed as he continually is speaking to you. God is always speaking. We just often fail to recognize his voice. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you also have the ability to hear from the Holy Spirit. Every single person in this room, John chapter 10, verses 4 through 5 and 27, it says, His sheep follow him because they know his voice but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So sheep aren't smart animals. They're defenseless. They're gullible. They're susceptible to disease and injury. So what better animal for Jesus to compare us to than sheep? Thanks, Jesus. Um, but he didn't just call us sheep. He gave context. And sheep have a shepherd, and a shepherd didn't just lead with a staff. He led with his voice. Jesus knows all of our weaknesses. And his love and his kindness, he teaches us to stay close to him for our own protection. In the same way that their shepherds, the sheep know their shepherd's voice, knowing God's voice will keep and guide us on the path that he's, he's lied, laid out for us. But we have to tune our ears to recognize the voice of God. And recognizing the sound of someone's voice comes from intimacy comes with regular time together and conversation. I want you to imagine for a moment that you have a friend, and the only time this friend spoke to you is when they needed something. Some of you are like, oh, I have that friend, but I don't have to imagine it. But they never reached out to just be with you, to hang out and enjoy your company, but their only motive was to gain something from you. I think we can all agree that's an unhealthy friendship, and that friendship probably wouldn't last very long, but so often, whether it's intentional or not, that's the way that we treat God. Maybe we go to God when we need something or when we need, to go, we need direction. Should I leave my job? Should I 
start this new job? Should I end this relationship? Should I move to this new place? And these are all things that we should be bringing in front of God, by the way, but it's not the only things. It's not the only times we should be choosing to speak to the Lord. If it is, then there's a problem because God doesn't want to just be involved in the big decisions of your life. He wants to be woven throughout your each and every day. If you're not in regular communication with him about the small things, about the day-to-day, then how can you expect to recognize his voice when you go to him for the big things? It's imperative that you are speaking to God and that you're allowing God to speak to you on a regular basis because through the Holy Spirit that God wants to speak to you on a one-on-one basis every single day. And if you believe that God probably isn't going to speak to you, then you're probably not going to hear his voice. The Bible tells us the Father will give his spirit to all who seek. As Christians, each of us have the ability to hear from God daily. So if you've never heard, if you felt like you've never heard the voice of God, I'm going to bet that's not the case. Maybe no one's ever taught you how to recognize the voice of God. So I'm going to take a few minutes to talk through that. In Samuel's story, specifically God speaking in an audible voice, and though I think that God can still do that most times, for most of us, when we sense the Holy Spirit speaking to us, it's something that's occurring on the inside. It's an internal thing. So what does that look like? First, I'm going to preface that I believe the primary way God communicates with his people is through the word. When you approach reading scripture prayerfully, you're going to have those moments where you stumble upon a specific passage of scripture or maybe a specific story And it's going to minister to your heart in a way that maybe it didn't before. It can encourage you. It can convict you. It can apply directly to your situation or your season of life. The word of God is alive and it's living and it's active and it has the power to minister to the very depths of your soul. But Nick's going to touch on that next week, so I'm done. (laughs) But I also believe that God speaks to us to what's often referred to as that still, small voice. And I believe he also speaks to us through a sense of peace, through a sense of restlessness, and through conviction. So the still small voice, often it's a voice that sounds like our own thoughts. And so it can be easy to miss if we don't know what we're looking for. But through that small voice, the Holy Spirit can put a word on your heart, a scripture, a person, a situation. He can give you a yes or he can give you a no. But the more you're familiar with God's word, the more you're spending time speaking to him and listening to him, the more, you're, the more you know about who God actually is, the easier it's going to be to know what he's saying to you, and the easier it's going to be to discern God's voice from all the other voices in your life. And then sometimes you can be praying to God about a situation or a decision. You may not feel specific words, but you clearly feel that sense of peace. So if something is truly of God, it's going to bring peace to your heart. God guides, and his spirit is there to give a sense of calmness and peace when you're seeking him for direction in your life. Worry and anxiety are never, ever from God. That doesn't mean what he asks of you isn't going to be scary. When Nick and I felt led to come to L.A. five years in June, it was scary. We didn't have any job prospects. We didn't have a place to live. But at the end of the day, we knew that that was what God was calling us to, and we stepped out in obedience. Even though we knew it was scary, we didn't have worry and we didn't have anxiety because we knew that God was going to come through. But on the flip side, we can also feel like a sense of restlessness when we're praying about a direction or situation. If you've already planned to take a certain course of action, but then you develop an uneasy feeling about it, that's probably the Holy Spirit saying, hey, hold up, hold up, hold up. Probably, Probably not the right call to make, probably not the right decision. 
then there's conviction. In Ephesians 4.30, the Bible instructs, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Because he lives in us, when he feels grieved, we feel it too. That's conviction. So when we choose to think, act, or speak in ways that are not aligned with his ways, we should feel that sense of conviction, which ultimately draws us to repentance. But if you have felt that, at some point, you have felt God speaking to you. And then lastly, a bonus one for people in the room who maybe have discernment and don't realize it. Have you ever met a person and you just knew they had bad intentions? Like you met them and you don't even really know them, but right away you just knew there was something not great about that person. Or like you walked into a room and immediately you're like, oh, something is off. Something is off here. I feel off in my spirit. If yes, either of those, when the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, the Holy Spirit is always speaking to you. It's our job when we feel those feelings, we have those inklings to then go to God and say, God, I know you're making me feel this way. Can you tell me why? We have to take that step forward and seek God and ask, Lord, what is it that you're putting on my heart? Why do I feel this way? But bringing it back to Samuel, Samuel didn't recognize the voice where the voice was coming from because no one had instructed him in how to recognize the voice of God until the third time. When Samuel returns a third time to Eli, Eli finally gets what's going on, and maybe it's the fact now that he's been woken up twice, so he's feeling like more alert and awake, or maybe third time's the charm, whatever it is, Eli now sees that it's God calling Samuel and tells Samuel how to respond. And in the last verse of the passage, Samuel answers God in the way Eli instructed by saying, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So in the original text, the word used for listening was shema. And in this context, shema means more than just like sound waves entering your ear. It actually means to listen and to obey. In ancient Hebrew, there's actually not two separate words for obey. So if you wanted to communicate, I will listen and do what you say, you would still use the word shema. So in Hebrew, listening and doing, listening and obeying is two sides of the same coin. So when Samuel said he was listening God, he was listening to God, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, he was communicating that he was listening and he was going to obey. And obedience really is the key to continually hearing God speak. Our sensitivity to God's voice is connected to our response in obedience. I think it's safe to say that we all want an increase of God's presence and power in our lives and that increase comes every time we take a step of faith, every time we go forward and practice acting on the instructions that he's given us. And as we do that, our faith will deepen and our sensitivity to his voice is going to grow. There have been so many times in my life where after being obedient to what God was telling me, he then chose to reveal more to me. He chose to reveal more of what was on his heart. And there's been moments where I've stepped out in faith, even when it was scary, and once I took that first step, that first scary step, that's when he showed me the rest of the steps to take. And I, for me, I've heard the voice of the Holy Spirit since I was a little girl. And as I was growing up, for example, God would give me names of people, give me names to pray for, to reach out to. And so it would start out as names. Sarah, reach out to so-and-so, whether in person or the phone, whatever it is, just reach out to them. They just need some encouragement. Okay, Lord, I'll do that. Then with time, as I was obedient to that, and that's scary, by the way, for me, because someone who is a little on the shy side and more introverted, it's scary to approach someone and say, hey, 
God told me to reach out to you because there's that chance where they're like, eh, like, okay, totally off base, totally not right. But as I stepped out in obedience and I listened to what, the, what God was saying to me, then later on it's, hey, Sarah, reach out to so-and-so. They're feeling anxious and they need some encouragement. They need to feel my peace. Can you reach out to them? Can you say something to them? Yes, Lord, I'll do that. Even though it's scary, I'll step out and I'll do that. And that changes to, Sarah, can you reach out to that person? They're feeling anxious this week because they're having a really hard time at work. Okay, Lord, the more and more and more that I stepped out in obedience and faith, the more that God has chosen to reveal additional things to me, reveal what's on his heart. And there's nothing special about me, by the way. Every person in this room has the capacity to hear the Lord that way, even more than I do now. We just have to make the choice. We have to make the choice to set aside time, intentional time, and to be obedient to what the Lord is saying to us. To obey God's voice, you need to hear his voice. And to hear God's voice, you need to recognize his voice. And when we choose to ignore God's voice, it can not only impact and hurt our lives, but it can affect the people around us. Samuel's choice to be obedient impacted the whole nation of Israel. Because Samuel learned to hear God's voice and obey it, God spoke to him more and more and more. So when the Israelites battled the Philistines, Samuel listened and obeyed. When the Israelites essentially rebelled and requested that they have a human king, Samuel listened and obeyed and gave them Saul. But when King Saul turned away from the Lord and was disobedient, Samuel listened again and obeyed God's instruction to reject him as king. And when Israel needed a new king, Samuel listened and obeyed as God spoke to him, leading him to anoint David as king. And then we know from David's line would come Jesus. But God took a boy, a boy who didn't recognize his voice, but was willing to learn, and turned him into Israel's judge and prophet. And it all started with Samuel learning to recognize the voice of God and obey it. So there's this ripple effect that our listening and obedience to the Lord can have. I'm going to call Jackie and Topher up um, as I continue to go through the last bit. But as, as, they, as they lead us in worship, I want you to imagine what would happen in our community if each of us began to make listening and recognizing the Holy Spirit a regular practice in our lives. A sensitivity to God's presence positions us to be ready to minister to others. I think one of the marks of spiritual maturity is when we move beyond focusing solely on ourselves and begin focusing on how we can be available for God to use to impact the lives of others. And as a believer, you possess that Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit that Jesus did have, and you have the ability to operate under the influence of that power. And I think sometimes, especially for us, who have been in the church a while, that loses the power. That statement can lose the power. I think many of us have heard it so many times, we forget how incredible that is, that we have the Holy Spirit, that we have access to that. The God of the universe dwells inside of us. That's awesome. He's longing to speak to you, and he loves you so much that he's longing to be in intimate relationship with you wanting to use you to impact the people around you and expand his kingdom. And as Christ followers, that should be a normal way of life for us. So I'm going to 
pray, and then Jackie will lead us in this song. God, I pray that we would be willing to be used, that we would be constantly aware of your presence and sensitive to your spirit. And in doing that with faith and practice, we would begin to regularly experience intimacy with you on an entirely new level. God, as I prayed before, I pray that you would open our hearts, you would soften our hearts, and you would open our ears to hear from you in a new way, in a more intimate way. And when you speak, we would recognize your voice. And we recognize your voice, we would obey. And it would not only just change our lives, it would change the lives around us. In Jesus' name I pray.